Hey everyone, it's that time again. Welcome to How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSA Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what is going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of February, the year 2018. We thank you for joining us. Joining me as always, the producer engineer of the show, Mr. Sean Ryan. Sean, welcome. What's happening? Uh, nothing much. Got lost on the way over. Uh, listen, anytime that they're going to change exit numbers and not send you a fax to let you know about it. A fax? A fax. Okay. So we're in 1997 again. You remember 1997? Yeah. yeah. GoldenEye, uh, Star Fox, N64, Sleepovers. The Yankees lost to the Indians, and then the Indians lost to the Marlins. I was more concerned about N64. Yeah, I think we all kind of were. <laughs> yeah. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, thanks everybody for joining us. Once again, uh, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and or Podbean. Make sure you rate us, give us lots of stars, great reviews, etc. And as always, you can join the pod- join in the podcast by uh, contacting us. The email is podcast at osipfoundation.org, facebook.com slash osipfoundation, or Twitter is at osipfoundation, hashtag how you play the game. And once again, don't forget also... In an upcoming episode, if you think you're the biggest baseball aficionado that you know, make sure you email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org and tell us why you believe that, and you can end up on a future episode of How You Play the Game live here in studio with us. Sounds juicy. It, it is juicy. So you want to be on this, this world-renowned podcast. Award-winning. Award-winning, if you will. Make sure you get that email in as soon as possible. We'd like to have that done within the next month or so. So... Now that we've shamelessly plugged that, let's let's jump into it today. Today's episode is all about Super Bowl 52. And we're not necessarily talking about the game per se. We're talking about everything that happened around the game as a result of sportsmanship. Uh, unless you live under a rock, which is possible. I mean, the, the, uh, the property taxes and resale value underneath rocks uh, can be quite reasonable. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, geez. I've got a timeshare under a rock in Florida. That's not even a real state to some people. So, I mean, you're doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, The Super Bowl was played between the Patriots of New England and the Eagles of Philadelphia. And as we've mentioned a number of times on the show before, um, each of those fan bases has a bit of a reputation, shall we say. Um, that that might not be as favorable as one would like with regard to uh, how positive that fan base might be. Now, we, as always, every fan base has a couple of bad apples that ruin ruin it for everybody. That's There's nothing we can do about that. But when it happens over and over and over again, you start to notice a trend and a pattern, and that's why we have these types of conversations. Um, Philadelphia won the Super Bowl. And the celebration that ensued was of ridiculous proportions within the city of Philadelphia. Um, I was monitoring it that night, and it was it was one for the ages based upon some of the things that were occurring. And as we get into this discussion, what we want to do is we want to talk about not only this this idea of sports rioting, but what you know? What causes it to happen? And more specifically, what causes it to happen in places like Philadelphia? What can we do to stop it, change it? You know, and and perhaps a better understanding of the psychology might not be enough to 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 actually make an impact because I don't think that people in general are necessarily interested or patient enough to to have a reasonable discussion uh, to to understand that more. But maybe just some some tips on maybe what we can each do individually to say, oh man, we, we got to clean our act up a little bit. Um, Sean, let me ask you this. Did you actually watch any of the Super Bowl? Most of it. Most of it? Okay. I yeah. got it. I got I definitely it. saw the, I mean, I saw the, I think from the second, second quarter on. Okay. So I got to be fair, just out of fairness, because fairness is part of good sportsmanship. Mm-hmm. I did not watch one second of the Super Bowl. This is the first year in as many as I can remember where that was the case. Um, what did I, you watch instead? I actually was catching up on my Puppy DVR. Bowl? No, no, please. 
this. I watched the cable instead. Okay. But I was actually catching up on my DVR, and uh, I caught a couple of episodes of How to Get Away with Murder, which oh. which which I've been I've just been sitting there. So okay. that was that was a, uh, a a major thing I had to get done. Otherwise, okay. you know, we just it just I wouldn't have been Is able that to with the myself. Old- Viola Davis, Viola yeah, Davis. yeah, oh, okay. yeah. It's a listen. I'm not one to get into TV shows, and a lot of the times, especially if it's not about stupid humor like South Park. But some of these dramas, I mean, you just look at them sometimes, and part of you wants to get sucked in by the characters, and the other part of it's like, geez, maybe if you all just had, you know, a little bit of common sense about you, you wouldn't even be in this place, and you know, at the right. first place, you know. Yeah. Here's an idea: don't kill people. Boom, show's over. We can all get on with our lives. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Listen, it's all about the path of least resistance. Right. Okay. Um, as, as I may have stated before, the reason I, had, I did not watch it is the same reason I didn't watch a, an ounce of football this year out on my own volition, and that's over the head injuries. You know, a lot of people this year uh, decided not to watch because of the kneeling during the national anthem or reasons similar to to that down that path etc right um for me it was all about cte and how the research on this is growing so significantly that in 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 all good conscience i just could not justify it to 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 partake in watching this um you know it's not it's not something that i would preach to another person to say no you can't watch this um i and i don't claim to have all the answers either this is a an ongoing battle internally where I have to you know kind of figure out where I'm going to go from here, but it just is what it is. So I wanted to be fair and say that I did not watch it for that reason, and yet I'm still commenting on it. So maybe that makes me a fraud more so than I already am. I don't think so. Okay. Well, if I have your endorsement, yeah. Okay. Um, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. I'd like about. to believe I do from time to time. I mean, why are we doing this podcast? Uh, it's just to hear the sounds of our own voices. Okay. Yeah. And you're the one with the headset on. I so. know. Yeah. So I get the best of both worlds. Uh, amen, brother. <laughs> um, what, what I ended up doing in researching this was I went back and I looked at uh, some of the uh, damage that was done within the city of Philadelphia. I, I actually... Um, read a chronological list of some of the highlights of the police scanner that was uh, audible from that night. Oh, this is what you were telling me, kind yeah, of. Exactly. Okay. You yeah, exactly. I went back and I researched the arrests that were made right. in conjunction with this night. And then I went back and I also looked at some of the other lists of sports rioting that has occurred in history in order to try and compare it and see if we could draw any any similarities or anything like that. Um I didn't happen to see anything major prior or during the game, you know, through my research that was exceptionally bad. What what did you find? Well, I think what I found would spark a pretty lengthy discussion. Okay. So maybe we should talk about the aftermath of the game first. Okay. Um yeah, I think okay. I think that's a fair. Let's do it that way. And as a and as a precursor to that, the one thing I want to get out of the way, I I don't pretend to know much about this particular topic prior to this other topic that we're about to discuss. Um, the Meek Mill controversy. I don't know if you're familiar with this. No. So Meek Mill is a is a rap artist who has been imprisoned for some. Uh, significant crimes. Uh, his lyrics have been uh, nothing short of controversial. And the Eagles decided to use some of his songs as ways of, you know, like coming out onto the field to the songs and whatnot. Um, I saw a jersey that said Free Meek Mill on it. And I was just thinking to myself, okay, are we just going to be com- completely turn a blind eye to the fact that this guy probably is guilty of something and, mm-hmm. and and moral character does not seem to be his, his primary attribute. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I, I want to leave it at that though, because that could take us into a different direction with regard. To I like was going to say something in response to that, yeah. but I'm not, I, you know, there's a lot of, there's yeah. a lot of other things with regard to race relations and, and whatnot, because that was like another Wagner was an anti-Semite. Right. And, and, but his music is celebrated all over the world. Exactly. So, exactly. you know, so, so there's a 
there's 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 a lot of, of gray area with that, and when you when you get into that, and I know that there was a lot of like black Richard lives, Vog- Richard yeah. Wagner, yeah, there was a lot of Black Lives Matter stuff that also could get involved with this stuff too, mm-hmm. but that's really outside the scope of our discussion. So I just wanted to throw that out as a precursor to say there's a little bit more to that that I think that we could take the time to dissect at another time, mm-hmm. or at least personally, individually, we should each do that to say you know. Just, just don't, just don't get on the bandwagon just because it's something to do with regard to the Eagles. Right. It's time, you know. This, this is that's. It's everyone needs to have their own opinion, their own thought, you know, and 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 choose to support things, you know, through their own volition, not just because oh my favorite team is doing it, so I'm going to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's talk about the aftermath. Um. There were eight arrests made, to to this point of us recording this with regard to what happened afterwards. So and in I, five, so in five days, we've got eight. And, okay. And, it, and, and they weren't, that's not all, as many as I thought there would be. And they weren't all like night of, like they went as far into like, you know, Tuesday or Wednesday afterwards, et cetera. Cause they had to track these people. Exactly. Down. And they're, and the, and they're still saying if anyone has any more information, please, you know, turn people in or send us the tips, et cetera. Um, now, whether or not that's going to lead to anything at this point, you know, you're kind of like, I don't know if it really will, but um, let's let's get out on the record what uh, what we've got here. Okay, we've got uh, a young man named uh, John Rigsby who was charged for flipping a car at Broad and Walnut Streets in Center City. I think so, that was the big one. Yeah, there's the car flipping, and he was the one who was who was brought in on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, locally, there were actually two guys. Uh, Brendan Lopez, who's from nearby Bristol, PA, mm-hmm. and Robert Ellers, who's from nearby Morrisville, PA, hmm. both were arrested and um, uh, were charged with institutional vandalism and crim- criminal mischief. What's at, institutional vandalism? Yep, at, at 36th and Chestnut. Basically, what they were doing was they were spray painting graffiti and taking pictures of it. Um, and they had also spray painted some stuff uh, at UPenn. And when they were arrested, they had the cans on them. I think institutional vandalism is like fancy words for spray painting graffiti, basically. Okay. You know? Um, it makes it sound so official. Well, I mean, they are the police and they are official. I guess so. You know? Uh, let's see. So those were those were three guys. Here are the remaining five. Uh, Malcolm Cox was arrested for assault, among other charges. He threw a bottle at, uh, at a police vehicle that ended up hitting a cop and the contents got on the cop. Uh, Ruben Garrido was arrested for assault and other charges. He struck a man with his belt and belt buckle. Um, Alex, uh, I'm going to mispronounce this, Moescu was uh, arrested for disorderly conduct. I think it's it's French. Moescu? Yeah. I think that's Romanian. Romanian? Okay. He he looked Romanian in his mugshot. So... (laughs) Not that I can tell. Any name that ends with a U, uh-huh. like a, a skew, a, a is, CU, is more than likely more than likely okay Romanian. So um, he was when the uh, when the riot police were getting out there with the riot shields and whatnot. He charged at him and were banging on the riot shields and whatnot. So he was eventually arrested for disorderly. Which conduct. in itself is probably the most stupid thing because the last thing you would want to do is ram into a plexiglass bulletproof. Shield. Listen, you're into that sort of thing. I, I mean, well, listen. and 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 I'm I'm sure half of these guys, if not all of them, were inebriated. I would like to, to some degree. So. Uh, Mark Thomason also arrested for assault and other related charges. He attacked a cameraman who was working by smashing the camera in the guy's face and then punched him six times. And then here's another name that I'll probably screw up: uh, Visnasari. He was arrested for this charge, ready? Propulsion of a missile. What? Yes. He Now, they say he threw a bottle at an unmarked cop car. However, there were clips that, we've, that, that were pretty popular on the internet of, of things being set on fire. And the one that, I, that I, I'll just never be able to get over were the guys who were setting off the fireworks in various bottles as cars drove by. Because that makes sense. Now, well, you got to have a target. Uh, <laughs> Clearly, otherwise, why would you do it? It's like that game where you have where you have where you direct the missile down the down the down the river, and you got to get the boats. 
you know, the far, the really far away boat is the one that's oh, worth yeah, ten thousand yeah. points, yeah. and the and the really close boat is like five hundred, and that, that the one in the distance like goes the fastest. It's like it's here. Here's a really rare, obscure N sixty four reference. It's like battle tanks where you're using the guided missiles to to try and and mm-hmm. get get the other tanks. There's about three people who got that reference. I, I probably, did. I probably know all three of them. <laughs> Anyway, um, here is a list in chronological order of some of the highlights from that were heard over the police scanner from that night. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Uh, trooper run over by, by a vehicle. Uh, Marine, mounted, and state police were all requested for backup. Traffic signs and lights were ripped off or falling down. Heard about that. Reports of a man who fell off a light pole had died, and a woman was bleeding out. So there was a casualty yes. as a result uh, of this. There, was, there were diabetic emergencies, fans jumping on fire trucks, the canopy at the Ritz Hotel collapsed from people standing I on. heard about that, too. Here's where it gets really bad. Emergency personnel cannot reach those in need because fans are jumping onto the ambulances. Wow. Okay. Broken storefront windows downtown. Fans are stripping off their clothes and fighting. There was looting involved, basically taking stuff for free. A four-year-old went missing and was later found, thank God. There Hmm. was a mass demonstration at a local diner. People with black masks were looking to cause mass damage. It was reported that Antifa members were in the crowd. There was an explosion on Walnut Street. Fans were jumping on dump trucks. All street lights on Market Street that were used were, as barricades. Yes, I think. I think so. All street lights on Market Street were uprooted. Light poles were being used as projectiles. One of which broke in a window at a local AC Moore. Hmm. There was a raid on City Hall as people tried to climb over the gates. There were motor accidents caused due to the riots. An elderly man was down, and my favorite, people were eating horse manure. What? <laughs> Would you like me to repeat that? No. Okay. That was reported. Okay. You had flipped cars. You had <laughs> you had massive fires. You had still... fireworks as cars went by. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The horse manure thing. I I can't. Everything else you say now for the rest of this podcast. I just can't. I I'm not going to be. I can't listen to it. Okay. <laughs> because that was like it just. I can't even, how does it? For the people okay. who are not watching the simulcast, I'm basically just staring directly across the table at Sean as he's in complete disbelief. That ex- that's why there's these pregnant pauses. Okay, go on. Okay. Uh, I, I'll, I'll get it back somehow. <laughs> so those were what we heard as some of the highlights. In fairness, up in New England at uh, the University of Massachusetts in Amherst, there were up to six arrests due to uh, smoke bombs, firecrackers, and uh, a significant amount of head injuries were reported. So it wasn't just all in Philadelphia. There hmm. were people in New England uh, causing problems as well. Hmm. So that's kind of the... Uh, so not only does football cause head injuries on the field, it causes head, head injuries, injuries off, off the, the field. field. And some of those head injuries might end up in people thinking it's a good idea to eat horse manure. I just took it away again, didn't I? You did. <laughs> All right. Um, I ended up actually printing a list, kind of an incomplete list, but a list of other sports riots to try and put this into context. Right, because it's not fair to just pin this all on, on Philadelphia. Because no. it's, a, you know, and that, I, before we go on. Sure. Philadelphia is, it's a great city. It's one of the founding cities of this great nation. It's a beautiful city. And, you know, I, I, I always like to take, you know, the more, I guess, I guess in this situation, the nice cop attitude, but with the riot shield, with the riot shield. Right. But, but 
I'm sure what you're about to disclose shows that every city has its dark side. This but, is not. But Philadelphia you know, should not keep in mind. We're doing this for educational purposes. We're trying to enlighten fans uh, about the disastrous consequences of lack of judgment and um, just almost inhuman inhibition right. as a result of, of, of these, these disgusting and uh, just re- re- absolutely repulsive acts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's, it's not just exclusive to Philadelphia. Yeah. So let's just get the record straight. To, to, to further that. that point too, you know, I feel like it's kind of human nature when, you know, it, it, we're highlighting Philadelphia because it's so recent and it's so local. Um, I'm sure that in defense, the people who probably don't like this are going to start pointing fingers at other incidences and incidents, if you will. Incidences is something else, I think, right? Yeah. Not even a word. If I've, I've said that, a several, said that several times. Okay. So should I say how uneducated I am? Um <laughs> They're going to point fingers and say, well, what about these guys? What about that? We're not as bad compared to this. Well, you know what? That's that's kind of irrelevant at this point because we're not trying to measure who's worse necessarily. Right. You know, Philadelphia, I'm sorry. You have a poor reputation. I'm not I'm, – I'm, I'm sorry that I'm you – know, I might be revealing something to you that, you that you don't want to admit. And I'm not trying to compare you to say you're the absolute worst or that – you know, no one's worse than you. It's just, you have a reputation. Mm-hmm. And rather than, you know, compare things or uh, wear it with a badge of pride or anything like that, whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. it, it would be, it, it would behoove you as a city, as fans, whatever, to take a look in the mirror and just say, what are we doing? What can we do better? You know, why is it that, that we are this way? You know, you're, you're not, this type of change does not happen overnight. You can't just flip a light switch and all of a sudden Philadelphia has a, has a sparkling clean reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, but your behavior just does not, you know, warrant uh, good reviews. Now, let's play devil's advocate for a second, too. Because Philadelphia has such a poor reputation, perhaps you could make the argument that people are more apt to find more incidents of poor sportsmanship or issues akin to this because they're looking for it in Philadelphia. Their, their, their senses are already heightened, so they're already going to be thinking, well, it's Philly, this has got to be happening. They're predisposed exactly. to... You know? Yeah. You could, you, know, you, you could look for this in Milwaukee and be like, oh, no, it's, you know, it's just... It's Milwaukee. This does this doesn't happen in Milwaukee. When in fact, it could be happening in Milwaukee. You know, mm-hmm. um, so so we have to we have to be fair. And we have to look at this from both sides of the coin. But that's not the major point here. The point is that everybody, regardless of where you come from, the teams for whom you you root, whatever fan base, whatever sport, whatever region, if you're eating horse manure. There's a problem, okay? If you're doing things such as not letting emergency personnel reach those in need because your fans are jumping onto the ambulances, there's a problem. If you're setting off fireworks and putting other people in danger, there's a problem, okay? If there are four-year-olds missing, there's a problem, problem. okay? (laughs) I mean, just this... And let's, let's put it this way, too. Think about what it's going to cost to clean this mess up, to uh, do all the necessary maintenance, construction, whatever, to replace all of the light poles, traffic signs that were all uprooted, damaged, things like that. I mean, basically, this money comes from those fans. Funds. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's through their taxes. Exactly. So the next time you want to complain about taxes think about this you just caused the problem 
possibly indirectly, but you caused the problem because mm -hmm. now money that could have been used for other things has to go to this, a problem that you created. And now may maybe the money that needs to go to another, you know, item just it, it's not there or maybe your taxes have to go up because of that don't don't go crying because of that you caused it you know now i'm not going to sit here and draw a, you know on a whiteboard like i'm glenn beck trying to go from point a to point b or anything like that please don't uh, well <laughs> I, I it's mainly because i can't draw and, oh okay and also i think i have a whiteboard but i don't think that my dry erase markers work that, that upsets me right in oh. here in my heart but mm. the, the point being that this all has a circular effect. You know, we were talking about it in previous episodes, how you're always on stage, how one thing always can lead to another thing. This is, this kind of goes along with that. And here's another thought, um, you know, just like with a sports team, if one person screws up, it's sort of everyone's fault. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you're, you're, you're going to succeed as a team and you're going to fail as a team, you know? Um, and I guess that's with any group, really. I mean, even if you're in like a marching band or, or any kind of group. Um, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think, um, a, a fan base is that much different. Right. You know, even if the, the, the people that acted up constitutes a very, very small percentage of the fan base, unfortunately, you know, it, it unwarrantedly mm -hmm. kind of paints everyone in a bad light. Right. And I, I, I want to say right now for the record again that I honestly don't believe that. And we shouldn't. Right. We absolutely shouldn't believe that all fans are like this. Correct. You know, because of a few bad apples. But the way that the media paints it, and here we go with sportsmanship in the media again, that... Unfortunately, to get ratings, they'll say right. that all the fans are like this. They may not outwardly say it, but in the way they present stories, they're 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 making us lead, lead they're leading us to believe mm -hmm. that they're all like this. Right. And we're here to dispel that. You know, I think that's an obligation that we have. You know, we have we're pointing out these bad instances. I said it right. Out of boy. Okay. We're pointing out these bad instances, instances, I almost said it wrong, <laughs> be, for educational purposes right. to enlighten everyone that, you know, this is, this is, this is not cool. And we have to all, we have to bring it back in and say, this is all because of sports. Right. It's a sport. It's a game. It's supposed to be fun. You can go out afterwards and celebrate a Super Bowl championship. You should be happy that your team won. Have another drink, you know, sing some songs, whatever, you know, don't disturb mm -hmm. the peace, but... You know, you you as a fan base deserve this. You deserve this type of happiness. Do like the Philadelphia Orchestra did. They all played their instruments and exactly. they, they played the Eagles uh, fights. Eagle yeah, yeah, the exactly. fight song. See, that, I'm not telling you don't do that. That was awesome. That, that kind of stuff is, is, is it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. You know how much fun I had when I was at game four in 99 when the Yankees won the World Series. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and the... the the unity that we felt as a group just singing New York, New York mm -hmm. was was enough to stick with me the rest of my life. Yeah. It's not, you know, we didn't have to go out and do anything illegal or outlandish. Mm -hmm. We just, as a, as a, as a stadium of 55,000 people, we're all singing, start spreading the news. It was, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's, that means something. That's what you can do, you know, mm -hmm. have another beer if you're out at the bar, you know, have a parade. Right. You know, that, that's what you should be doing. Right. This is not what you should be doing. Right. And to your other point about how when one person loses, everybody loses, maybe this isn't to the exact same extreme, mm -hmm. but look, look at it this way. 2001, Yankees lose the World Series in seven games. It was technically Mariano Rivera who blew the game. Mm -hmm. But the... But I'd be willing to bet if people just remember that the Yankees lost that series. Right. I don't know if people really remember that it was Mariano uh, yeah. Rivera who 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 is, was the culprit. Right. You know, and he's pretty much never the culprit. Right. He's pretty <laughs> much the god of closers. Right. You know. Now Diamondbacks fans are probably remembering Luis Gonzalez with the hit. You know. Mm -hmm. and all that, yeah, that's fine. But 
you know, the 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 unbiased fan probably thinks of just the Yankees losing rather than Mariano Rivera blowing the save. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's another example right. of how it just kind of naturally goes that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to one thing I wanted to do also, and I brought this with me, sure, is I wanted to look at some of the other examples of of rioting to try and kind of like put it in context here yeah. so that everyone understands that this isn't just specific to Philadelphia. Okay. Mm-hmm. This actually goes back as far as according to this is from Wikipedia, but back in the year 532 AD, the Nika riots, and I'm reading I'm reading specifically 532. Yes. We were all there. We all remember. Oh yeah. Well, oh, 532. Okay. Wow, yeah. This this is a direct quote. In what is known to be one of the first forms of sports rioting, supporters of the chariot racing team Greens revolted against the Byzantine Empire's leader and supporter of the Greens' rival Blues, Justinian. At least half of the empire's capital of Constantinople, now Istanbul, was burned by the rioters and 30,000 people were killed. Well, that makes that makes what happened this uh, this past weekend. That uh, yeah, was tame, like Mary Poppins. Yeah, I well, mean, I can't remember that deleted scene in Mary Poppins where she ate horse manure. <laughs> God, Dick Van no. Dyke's over there, just like, oh, what are we doing now? <laughs> eat horse poop. Step in time. Eat horse poop. Step in time. Never need a reason. Never need a rhyme. Eat horse poop. Step in time. <laughs> We are going to put this as a not suitable for work <laughs> podcast. I think you've opened the floodgates. Uh, here. Listen, listen. Whoever <laughs> ate that horse manure opened the floodgates. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. Um, let me see if I can pick out another couple here. Um, April seventeenth, nineteen o nine, the nineteen o nine Scottish Cup final. After the Scottish Cup ended in a tie, instead of going into extra time, an angry crowd invaded the pitch and tore down the goalposts, as well as attacking the mounted police, resulting in over a hundred injuries. Uh, let's see here. The Richard Riot, March seventeenth, nineteen fifty five. After the suspension of Montreal Canadiens great Maurice Richard or Richard, if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, Angry fans wreaked havoc in Montreal, and Richard had to make a public appeal to to end the riot. Um, May 24th, 1964, the 1964 Lima football riot. In the worst riot in association football history, the host Peru was losing to Argentina, and before the game ended, the fans ultimately rioted, and the police fired tear gas into the crowd, as well as padlocking the gates, leading to 318 deaths, with many from asphyxia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Some of the more popular ones from baseball. Ten Cent Beer Night, June 4th, 1974. Ten Cent Beer Night was a promotion held by Major League Baseball's Cleveland Indians during a game against the Texas Rangers at Cleveland Stadium on Tuesday, June 4th, 1974. The idea behind the promotion was to attract more fans to the game by offering 12 U.S. fluid ounces of 3.2% beer for just 10 cents each. Regular price was 65 cents, <laughs> with a limit of six per purchase. During the game, fans became heavily intoxicated, culminating in a riot in the ninth inning. And then there mm. was... During the game? During the game. Oh, man. Then there's Disco Demolition Night, July 12th, <laughs> 1979. Disco Demolition Night was an ill-fated baseball promotion that took place on July 12th, 1979 at Comiskey Park in Chicago, Illinois. At the climax of the event, a crate filled with disco records was blown up on the field between games of the Twinight doubleheader between the Chicago White Sox and the Detroit Tigers. Many of those in attendance had come to see the explosion rather than the games and rushed onto the field after the detonation. The playing field was damaged both by the explosion and by the rowdy fans to the point where the White Sox were required to forfeit the second game of the doubleheader to the Tigers. So that is a result of fans altering the course of a game. game. Yep. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see here. The Aggieville riots in 84 and 86. 
After two college football games between rivals Kansas State and Kansas, a group of 6,000 celebrating KSU fans after a 24-7 victory crowded into a bar and eventually became rowdy and initiated a riot. Two years later, after KSU once again defeated KU, this time 29-12, another group of 6,000 KSU fans, this time wearing Riotville shirts, rioted again and also torched a Volkswagen Beetle. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Here's some uh, some hockey riots in Canada, where they're supposed to be nice. Mm-hmm. June 9th, 1993, Montreal Stanley Cup. A year before the riot in Vancouver, which I'll tell you next, Montreal was struck by a riot in the epicenter of the riots, uh, which was uh, Sweet, Catherine, uh, Sweet Catherine Street, if I'm reading that correctly. Uh, stores were looted and police cars were set on fire. The riots eventually caused $2.5 million in damage, which in 2016 dollars would be $3.75 million. Then... What? Yep. Wow. Yep. Then, in 94 in Vancouver, June 14th, 94, in one of two riots in Vancouver, the National Hockey League team Vancouver Connects lost to the New York Rangers in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. In what was supposed to be a congregation of fifty to 70,000 fans led to a riot after a man fell into the crowd. Policemen attempted to aid the man on bicycles, which the fans attempted to take, and the police fired tear gas into the fans, initiating the riot. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's something. I know, right? Uh, let's see here. The 2006 uh, Basel Hooligan incident, May 13, 2006. Fans of football club Basel, 1893, stormed St. Jacob Park in the waning minutes of a game against FC Zurich. Zurich eventually scored and ended Basel's chances of a three-peat Swiss Super League championship in an attack of Zurich player Ulian Filipski, possibly Romanian again, yeah. Yeah, who scored the winning goal. A flare was thrown at him, and Filipski and teammate Alhasanis Al- 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 Kita was forced to kick at the fans before police detained the hooligans. Hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean... Here's one in Egypt, February 1st, 2012. Port Said, Egypt, 79 people were killed by Al-Masri club fans using knives, swords, club stones, bottles, and fireworks as weapons who were attacking the Al-Ali SC players. Here's Here's a more recent one in baseball, 2014 World Series civil unrest. After the San Francisco Giants defeated the Kansas City Royals in the 2014 World Series, Giants fans set fires, vandalized buses and police cars, shattered windows of businesses, scrawled graffiti, and threw bottles at police. Two people were shot, one person was stabbed, and a police officer was badly hurt from fireworks exploding. Forty arrests were made. Other championships that caused riots included the L.A. Lakers in 2000, the Detroit Tigers in 1984, the Denver Broncos in 1988. Um, Here's some interesting ones. In 1993, there was one with the Montreal Canadiens during a regular season game. In 2004, there was a riot in Boston when when they beat the Yankees in the ALCS. And in 1997, there was a riot in Las Vegas right after Tyson bit the ear of Holyfield. So, I mean, we could go on and just cite just chap- ad nauseum. Yeah, chapter and verse. But I feel like I would get tired and start thinking about eating horse manure. So- <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. It's been a, it's been great. <laughs> I just, I, I just don't get it, man. Well, I just don't get it. It's, you know, there's one word that you know, comes to mind and it's, you know, it's adrenaline. Yeah. Adrenaline is one of those things that I think needs to be grouped with alcohol in Mm -hmm. this, in this situation where you have too much of it. You got to let it out, but it's, you know, our psychological id sort of takes over and we get, we, 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 we just kind of, we just kind of enact our baser instincts. And as a result, Cause this mass damage, right? It's like, um, I, again, I'm, I don't pretend to know much about the physiology of the brain, but you know, look at how young men, specifically young males, act and think between their their teenage years and adolescence through, you know, approximately the age of thirty. 
there's a a willingness to to think say and do things without considering consequences without considering alternatives without considering how other people feel etc that may you know contribute to this i don't know i don't know what else there is to say other than you know just that's just the way it goes you know so i mean i get i guess all we can do is summarize it once again and just say it's a real shame that this kind of stuff had to happen in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame that it continues to happen in all these other examples as well. And I'd li- I'd like to believe that I could I could appeal to sports fans everywhere who can hear this and say, please, please make better decisions when 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 in this type of a situation. We're not telling you especially not especially to- when people can get hurt. Right. Or die. Exactly. You know. <laughs> what I mean, let's let's break it down this way. You can really do whatever you want so long as it doesn't affect another person. You know, if you if you want to, you know, if you want to stab yourself. I, I really, you know, as much as I would highly not, not endorse that no, and, and I'm making no way an endorsement of that, but there's really nothing that you can say or do about it if you do it in the privacy of your own home. Mm-hmm. You know? It just it is what it is. But when you stab another person, we have a problem. Not, not good. Not a good idea. You know, I, just, I, I don't know what else to say other than that. Consider mm. other people. Consider how other people might, might interpret your actions. Right. You know, try and consider what the, what the, what the con- and maybe the long-term consequences aren't something that you can see in the moment, especially if you're slightly inebriated. But think about how you would want to be treated in, in these types of situations, you know? Well, and I, and as I said last time, it, it's not even about the sport anymore. No. It, you, 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 you do these unlawful activities and this, this de- extensive damage. And a lot of times, you know, the fans that do this forget why they're doing it. Right. You know, you know, it'd be an interesting poll to take, out of all of these people who do these ridiculous things, how many of them are actually sports fans? And how many of them understand... Like real sports fans? Yes. Or like, just like casual... Like real sports fans, you know? And how many of them are just going along for the ride? How many of them are just, you know, just doing it because it's their city that's involved in this championship? Right. You know? Uh, how many of them are doing it just because it's another excuse to party? You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the those are those are the even more head scratching ones because, right. you know, if you if you're a real sports fan, however you want to define it, you've 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 invested blood, sweat, and tears in your fandom for a certain sports franchise. Okay, the payoff of a championship is immense. Okay, right. it is it's an immense feeling when the team that you've rooted for brings home a championship, let alone for the Philadelphia Eagles who hadn't won a Super Bowl title since the inception of the Super Bowl. Yeah. So so there there is a huge I guess you could just call it a weight lifted off of the proverbial shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know? So I get it. You know, you 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 want to celebrate that. You your invest the return on your investment is has finally come home to roost. Right. right. So you have an example that I completely forgot about. That's okay. So please lay it on me. Let's talk so, about it. So um this has to actually do with the game itself okay. or right after the game. Okay. So um, I don't know if you've heard, but Tom Brady uh, was, was catching some heat on Monday. Um, on Monday morning, I'm quoting this article in touchdownwire.usatoday.com okay. uh, for not shaking hands with uh, Nick Foles. Okay. Um, now, I you know, I haven't, I don't know whether they have ever, if, if he had ever congratulated him since then, but um, this article was dated February 5th uh, at 9.53 a.m. So Monday morning, so, if you will. So, yeah, right after. Um, so this says, the five-time Super Bowl champion was spied by television cameras leaving the field about 30 seconds after the final play of the game. 
but it was unclear whether Brady had gotten to congratulate the victorious Philadelphia Eagles quarterback before walking off the field. But reports from the stadium and words from Foles himself confirmed Brady's, uh, Brady's snub. And now the question is being asked, like so many losing sports stars before him, is Tom Brady a poor sport? Mm. At least four, at least the last four Super Bowl losers have found their quarterbacking counterparts to shake hands, including Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan, both of whom lost to Brady. There seems to be no video pictures or news accounts of Brady shaking hands with Eli Manning after the Pats' Super Bowl losses to New York Giants. But it can't be said with, uh, with certainty that he offered a snub in those games, too. Sunday was a no-doubter after the final 49-yard Hail Mary attempt bounced harmlessly to the turf. The field erupted in the usual Super Bowl chaos. Coaches rushing to midfield, celebra- uh, players celebrating players' mornings, seemingly every cameraman in the world trying to get pictures and video. Random NFL staff and millions of pieces of confetti falling from the ceiling. It's a zoo, and in that moment, Brady couldn't find Foles, or more likely chose not to find him. Um, Again, while it doesn't look like Brady shook hands, you can't say for sure. The camera wasn't on him the whole time. Um, Nick Foles confirmed he hadn't spoken to Brady when asked about it in post-game press conference. Peyton Manning once walked off the field in Super Bowl Roman numerals. Oh, God. It's when they played the Saints, right? And they lost to the Saints? Drew Brees. Yeah. Yep. 50, uh, 40, 44? Is that right? 43, 44. What, what are the Roman numerals? XL, XL um, 4. I know 4, so it's got to be. I think it's, I think it's 44. Okay. I think. Anyway. That shows you how smart I am. <laughs> We're both idiots. I only know how to go up to seven in Roman numerals okay. because of music. All right. Um, so Le- LeBron James was famous for storming off the court. Yeah. In what would be his final game with the Cavaliers. Uh, it's happened before and it'll happen again. And there's only one phrase to describe the lack of sportsmanship, according to this. Uh, who, who wrote it, actually? Chris Chase. Who cares? So... He goes on to say, um, he goes on to say, first off, the field was pure chaos. Uh-huh. Brady was just been on it, throwing the last sec- uh, second Hail Mary. When it went uncaught, the Eagles' sideline charged onto the field. Uh, maybe Brady clearly stumped Foles, or maybe he just couldn't initially find him and decided he didn't want to be standing around to let someone else's confetti land on him. Um and he says, what's so bad about that? Brady should be hurt by the loss. Why would he want to wait on the field to offer a perfunctory good game mm-hmm. to a guy who's about to hoist an MVP trophy and a, and a Lombardi trophy? He did shake at least one hand, and it came in the immediate aftermath of the final play, proving he wasn't throwing a tantrum and refusing to shake anyone's right. hand. Why is our definition of sportsmanship solely related to whether someone limply off, offer a congratulations at the end of a hard-fought battle. Peyton Manning, who always shook hands with Brady after a win or loss, caught flack for a Super Bowl snub of Drew Brees. But it was reported later that Manning got in touch with Brees sometime after the game to offer congratulations. How is that any different than doing it on the field after a game? I'd argue it's a classier move, in fact. One can be mechanical, routine. It's easy. Picking up the phone or whatever isn't. Right. It's nice when a losing quarterback looks into the eyes of their opponent offer a hand and a hug after a three-hour battle and move on to the locker room thinking about what might have been. The whole thing is great, is a great photo op in teaching six-year-olds about sportsmanship. And since Brady has been on receiving end of so many victorious handshakes, maybe he should feel obligated to do the same to Foles. But that's not sportsmanship, says Chris Chase. Playing with integrity is sportsmanship. Playing with the rules is sportsmanlike. Giving 100% of your opponent does the same. That's sportsmanlike. So if you want to say Tom Brady is a bad sport before, because he deflates footballs or ruins cell phones or plays for a coach who uh, one day might have his own exhibit at the Spy Museum, fine. <laughs> Just don't say he's a bad sport because he didn't say good game to a guy who needed no such affirmation. 
That's the end of the article. I that that's a great article, I think, because it raises a lot of very fair points. Um, and I I can't remember who it was, but I saw a picture of Brady congratulating someone from the Eagles after the game outside a locker room, like after everyone had showered and whatnot. I can't remember who it was, but I but anyway, the point being that you know he clearly was offering you know handshakes and whatnot to some members of the Eagles as a result of that. And especially because of the situation that you just described, you know, the, the chaos and the mayhem that mm-hmm. is immediately after the game ends. I think it's a bigger story if the coaches didn't meet because they, they know where and he, they did and they did and they always do, yeah. you know? So that, that's, that to me is the bigger story. If, when it ever occurs, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have a problem in that scenario with, with, with quarterbacks not doing it on the field because of that, insanity you know and and to you know to the point about Manning and Breeze you know yeah he did pick up the phone afterwards and say congratulations and that that is something that actually holds I think more weight than you know the congratulatory handshake um but to sort of play devil's advocate uh uh-huh wouldn't it be as this guy says a classier move to do it, I mean, not because you're doing it, not to make yourself look good, right? but to sort of send a message to those watching, especially younger kids. That you're going to wait and do it on the field. I listen. The cameras, I can't argue like, that. I can't argue that. I mean, I, I think there has to be, maybe it should be made a routine. Maybe it should be made a tradition yeah. that both teams line up. We talked and, and oh, we did talk we about, about, about that before in about baseball ba- about yeah. baseball, yeah. but I think since football has become so ingrained as a part of our you know as a part of our an institution, if you right. will, yeah. I think there needs to be some sort of uh, <clears throat> some sort of tradition or 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 or, or protocol mm-hmm. after a game where teams congratulate each well, other. Well, you know, normally, you look at any regular season game, that's usually what happens. Right. Not not in an, not in an organized I'm talking about fashion. A, I'm talking about yeah. like a playoff game or yeah. like a super... Like a, yeah. I, I'm aware of that. Oh, I see what you're saying now. But, okay. but, but during a big game yeah. like that where you, I know it's exciting and everyone wants to rush the so field. So you're ultimately suggesting that we need to alter just the way, just the protocol of the media in a way to say, look, you guys can't rush the field right. immediately thereafter. In any sport. Yeah. you got to give the players their space a little yeah. bit. I understand you're trying to make money. I understand you're trying to get the big scoop. Mm-hmm. But if that's at the expense of these players being able to express sportsmanship and congratulate each other in the heat of the moment... Yeah. Yeah, it's a sacrifice you kind of got to make. I have no argument against <laughs> that. I think I... I I could get behind that. I absolutely could. You know? You know? I mean, look at it in hockey. Now, with hockey, you have a little bit of an advantage because photographers aren't going to storm the ice, you know, because right. then they're going to fall and that's going to be got, funny. you've got you a know? barricade exactly. around. You know, but that's what happens there is that after they go crazy, they all line up and they have handshakes and whatnot. You know, so that that is to their advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think that that would be a good thing to do, you know, yeah. in some way, shape, or form in football. There's ha- there has to be... Let's put it this way. There would have to be a significant meeting of the minds to figure out how that could logistically work. Um, until that were to happen, I don't necessarily have an issue with Brady saying, like, you know, I can't find Nick Foles in this mess. I'm not going to stand out here for an hour looking for him mm-hmm. to congratulate him because by that point, the photographers are going to be doing something else so anyway. So you're thinking of it more of an, from a logistical standpoint. It, I, for, sp- sp- whereas, whereas, whereas um, uh, Chris Chase mm-hmm. says that it's not a big deal sportsmanship-wise. I think it, listen, I think it is. I think it is bit. too. I, mean, I think it is. But I, but I think you're you're saying from a logistical standpoint it was just to get the two of them together in the chaos. You're going to you've you got a better chance of finding Jesus, okay? You know just it's it's just like you, you you just you just can't, you know, human beings are solids, you know, mm-hmm. to try and get people right. through a maze right. like that. I mean, be, let's face it, the Super Bowl has become so commercialized right. that it's not. It's almost arguably not even a sporting event anymore. It's more of a ritual or institution, as mm-hmm. you as you've said. Right. And as a result of that, to try and 
kind of steer it back towards, you know, the idea of being a sport becomes uh, a logistical nightmare. Yeah. You know, so so from that standpoint only, I have no problem with it. And maybe perhaps what what we could do is you want to you want to marry the two, force someone like Tom Brady, like like the coaches meet on the field, have the quarterbacks meet after the game underneath the stadium somewhere with the photographers all around and get that picture like a photo, like op. a photo op of some sort, you know, and it doesn't have to be long, but just, just something, something to, to still to, maybe still in their uniforms, possibly, possibly still in uniforms. I mean, I, I mean, I can't, I, I could, I don't think you could mandate that Tom Brady or whoever the losing quarterback is, is going to not already going to be showered and ready to get out of there. I right. mean, you just lost the Super Bowl. Right. For I, I, out loud, I'm right. You know, but, the, I, but there is that part of it. You know, I but, understand but, that. But perhaps that is, the, you know, the, the best of both worlds. It's, it's kind of a little bit from the camp of picking up the phone to call and congratulate later like, like Manning did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also kind of the camp of congratulating, you know, shortly thereafter, but without the logistical nightmare. All I'm saying is, I think it needs to be put on display a little bit more. I would have I no think, issue with that. And I think the reason is more, again, it, it, it's symbolic, but at the same time, you 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 sort of need to have that message, yeah. Because in a way, and I, I know one probably doesn't have to do with the other, ultimately. But maybe that's a way to sort of temper some of the riots that occur. Could be, you know, that's like, a great point. Like that's you know, an absolutely great. Like point. maybe not directly, but if just one person sees. These two, these two cats mm-hmm. coming up to each other, congratulating each other in the moment. Like they'll maybe stump the light will turn on and say, you know, I don't need to flip that car. I don't need to eat the horse manure. Right. Yeah. You know, like, you know, this is, this is bringing people together. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's, and I think that's sort of why I think, you know, it needs to be there for a symbolic reason. We, but, but I think in a, a lot of us, you know, sort of glaze over that aspect of it. Like the, the, it's not perfunctory. Yeah. I think it's necessary. Yeah. A necessary part of the game is offering congratulations, showing that people can lose gracefully, you know, mm-hmm. not just storm off the field. Yeah. Even if that's not their intention, because, okay, if I lost the Super Bowl, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed too. Yeah. But you've got to, you've got to, you know, <clears throat> you have to, you got to respect the other team. And your whatever your intention is is not always how other people are going to perceive, perceive it. it. You know, right? Exactly. And that's that's kind of how you have to always be thinking, especially when you're in you the public eye like kinda that. Kind of have to have this, this in you know, this exchange, sort of to put people's minds at ease in right. a way. Yeah. I feel like it's it needs to be something that that has to be brought to the uh, forefront. I'm with you. You know what's funny too? I was just thinking about this. The nature of this this whole entity, I feel like it takes on a little bit of a different life depending upon the sport and the context. Let me put it to you this way. Look at a sport like baseball where the championship is decided over a best of seven series to, to to that type of an incident where you really have this like hard fought back and forth and you really have to you have to be victorious time and again and again in order to capture the championship there's kind of a different different feel to it than in a winner take all one game you know, now maybe you go to game seven, it's a different story and you see, you know, the clutches. So the adrenaline are, is spread out. Exactly. Over a in a, in a game of seven of that series, you know, and if you were be, to be on the losing end of that, you'd be like, oh, the championship was so close. If maybe just one thing bounced our way a little different. But you could always then go back and say, well, then it could have been this way in any of the other three games that we lost in this series. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've that's why I'm, I'm in certain circumstances. 
you, you, I feel like a series is the best way to determine a championship because it proves that this per, this team was able to be victorious and succeed time and again. This one game winner take all idea, like the Super Bowl, I mean, it, it's logistically the only option based on the nature of the sport and how tough it is on on the, on the human body. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I I can see how someone like the losing quarterback would feel so much more empty and disappointed after that, especially with all the hype going into the game, than you might feel after losing the World Series or the Stanley Cup Finals or the NBA Finals or something like that, you know, because it's just just a different animal, right? you know? Single-game elimination is... It's a, it's a more, it's a more bitter pill to swallow than, Mm. than elimination through a series, you know, and, and especially if it's a longer series, if it's a seven game series, usually the better team wins, you know, so you feel like you can kind of take it a little bit better. And with that, you know, you know, it's funny, you look at, if you ever watch a clinching game in something like baseball, the team that loses like sits in the dugout and watches the other team celebrate. It's kind of a masochistic thing because they're like, I want to remember this pain to drive me next year <laughs> to which I'm looking at that and going, you're you idiot. What are you doing? You know, right. you just, you know, but, but you can, they're, they're, they don't seem like I'm just going to grab my stuff and go. I can't bear to watch this. You know, not that, not that either one really makes, you know, appropriate sense. You see what I'm saying? It's would, it, just, would it would it then be subconsciously? It's like to me, that's almost a sense of jealousy. Yeah, but also a sense of admiration. Yeah, in a weird way, like if, for example, it's like if a pitcher strikes out a batter and the batter turns and looks at the pitcher as mm-hmm. he's walking off. Yeah, you know, it's sort of like, man, that guy really got me. Yeah, that guy's good. You know? Yeah, like you, you almost gotta yeah. say, you almost gotta say, wow. Unless you're Madison Bumgarner, and if you look at him, he's gonna turn and say, "Don't you effing look at me!" And then a brawl's gonna ensue, right? Which is a completely different story. Go ride a dirt bike, Mad Bum. <laughs> but, but the point, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, there's got to be, you know, in a situation like that where the team is in a dugout watching the other team celebrate, you you can use that as motivation for next time, right? But. Will you really remember that three months later? Probably not. See, that's Probably the thing. Yeah. Like, you know, so I think it's more stems more from a subconscious admiration. Well, look for the at other team. Look at the the 2017 World Baseball Classic with the final game. Again, it's a one game winner take all, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a, a, another thing that I'm just kind of like I, you can't do that. But I understand right. why it was done this way. When the United States beat Puerto Rico. Yeah, the U.S. was going crazy in their championship celebration, but Team Puerto Rico came out of the dugout and was applauding them from outside the dugout mm-hmm. and during the celebration. Right. You know, now of course, then some members of Team USA then took some swipes at Team Puerto Rico, and that you know, well, they and you know why they took swipes at them because Team Puerto Rico was basically planning the celebration parade before the game was even played. Oh, you know, again, neither one is right. Mm-hmm. Neither one is right. Not well, trying like how they print. All the uh, logos for the Super Bowl right. winner, but and then they wind up giving, and 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 this is something I think uh, that Sam told me uh-huh. that uh, they give all the um, the the losing the losing team like that was like that was supposed to win. Right. They donate all those clothes to third world yep. countries. Yep, I didn't know that. Uh-huh. So that's you, really it, that's great. I know. I mean, it's a logistical thing where you have to print. You know, would that almost be worth more? Like the losing, like depending like, upon how you value it, yes, that's kind of interesting. You know? I mean, you definitely could see it that way. But like in the Super Bowl, where it's one game, mm-hmm. you have to print both New England Patriots and Philadelphia right. Eagles stuff for championships. Right. You know, and then just the stuff has to be discarded. Yeah, you know, in a series, not necessarily the case until you get to that game seven scenario. Mm-hmm. You know. As soon as as soon as the final got to print a lot quick. I know. As soon as as soon as that final pitch of game six is thrown, and uh, you realize there's going to be a game seven, you know there's a factory somewhere just just going, you know, just, yeah. just churning them out like there's no tomorrow. Huh. It's interesting. I think we've covered. Uh, we did, and I want to end with one final thing. Okay. Actually, okay. 
since we were just speaking about the World Series. Okay. Okay. Maybe this is good-natured ribbing, but when I first read it, I was kind of like, really? Did we really have to go there? Enrique Hernandez, who is like a super utility player for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Is this our Fortnite and sportsmanship? Maybe. At the end? It could be. Whoa. We're, we're, we're throwing people left and right. We are throwing a curveball. But, but, but this is also Super Bowl related. So that's oh, why. Oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. okay. Enrique Hernandez, the super utility man for the Los Angeles Dodgers, mm-hmm. while he's watching the Super Bowl, tweets out, this is way better than 2017 World Series Game 7, exclamation point. Now, obviously, he's doing this with a little bit of tongue-in-cheek because mm-hmm. he was on the losing end of that, right. you know? So so you kind of just have to, like, chuckle at it a little right. bit, you know? Lance McCullers Jr., who's a pitcher for the Houston Astros, who won that World Series, tweets back and goes, I bet. Oh. And I'm like, Really? Was that necessary? Yeah. Was that really it's... necessary? Just, you know, you Let can it, leave, leave it alone. You can like it, you can retweet it, but right. the, don't 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 stoop to that level. Right. You're better than that, Lance McCullers. Yeah. I mean, I I, I almost want to I almost want to say to him like, "Hey, you know, your team almost lost Game seven, right. you lost the World Series, you know, right. because your bullpen was terrible, and you had, you know, your manager was smart enough to maneuver some starting pitchers into the bullpen roles to make it work. Or if you're gonna say something, say something like, uh, "Yeah, you know, I get it." Yeah. Or, know, or 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 I don't know, man. Regardless of the outcome, that was a pretty darn good game, right. you know. That and a pretty hard fought series, like right. like extend the olive branch, yeah, you know, and say I know that you were on the wrong end of it, but you got to admit it was a good series, yeah, you know, exactly. So even though that was that's another argument that that series really wasn't that classic, but mm-hmm. it's still, I mean, what what McCullers did there was was just not needed, right? You know, maybe he was the one eating the horse manure. Somehow I doubt that. Oh, can we end this? Yeah. <laughs> You know what's funny? That's actually the same thing I've heard at many dates. Can we just end this? (laughs) Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. That's why we get along. Yeah. Well, I think that's a nice nice place to put the bookmark. Yeah. And uh, this is fun. Yeah, yeah, And uh, And we'll do this again uh, shortly, especially since February is a short month. Yep. So you'll be here in the next episode in uh, about a fortnight, actually. Wonderful. Yeah. So I want to thank thank you, Sean, for being here as always, thank doing you. a great job with yep. the producing and the engineering. Great. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe, review, many stars on iTunes, Podbean, podcast at AO, uh, at AO podcast <laughs> at osipfoundation.org, uh, facebook.com slash osipfoundation. Uh, and uh, Twitter's at Osa Foundation, hashtag how you play the game. So uh, until next time, everybody out there be good and treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the Osip Foundation, Incorporated. The producer engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by Soundspring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osipfoundation.org. If you're interested in advertising on how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org.